So I'm here today with Kelsey Kuntz, who is an experienced navigator at Stringtown. Do I have that right? Yes, that is correct. Well, thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about what you do at Stringtown. Okay, so I am, like you said, the experienced navigator. So I do a lot of the day-to-day tasks, but I also help a lot with programming and that sort of thing. Since we are a smaller neighborhood location, we have a smaller staff. So you really are able to do a lot more everything that's involved in working in a library as far as programming, but also doing tech help, reference questions, and also even doing like the circulation, um, checking in and checking out materials. So I am super excited that I get to do kind of everything in working at, you know, a smaller branch. So you get to be a jack of all trades. Exactly. <laughs> a Jane of all trades. There you go. There you go. Jackie, Jill, maybe whatever. That's it. I would do it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get into the books that we've chosen. As we mentioned in the intro, we are just talking about new things that are being added to the collection. And these are just so simply the titles that jumped out at us that we thought we would be interested in reading. So I'm going to start off with mine, Alias Emma by Ava Glass. Now this would be a really good read for someone who's into the spy thrillers. So Emma has a first ever assignment to go into Russia and rescue an innocent man who is being targeted by an assassination team by the Russian government. And so there's, of course, there's always these backstories and there's more to the story. She has to, before sunrise, deliver this person to MI6. And it comes down to, as I read the information, it sounds very much like Mission Impossible style type of book. You know, maybe a little James Bond, but I would say more Mission Impossible. So for some reason, I just re- recently rewatched the original Mission Impossible. Really? I mean, the very when I say original, I don't mean the original TV show, but that first movie that was released in the series. Yeah. And I guess it got me thinking Mission Impossible type of plots yeah. and ideas. So that one really just kind of stood out to me. Oh, nice. Yeah, that sounds fun. So what's first on your list? So first on my list is Delphine and the Dark Thread by Alyssa Moon, which is actually a sequel to Delphine and the Silver Needle. So I haven't read the first one, but seeing it on our list of upcoming titles really made me want to. So I've recently been reading The Wing Feather Saga by Andrew Peterson, which so both of them are middle grade fantasy series. And I've discovered, again, my love for children's fantasy, I guess. I hadn't read it in a while. But so this title centers on Delphine, um, who is a young orphan dressmaker mouse (laughs) living in the walls of Cinderella's chateau who stumbles upon an enormous secret. And so it's about her unraveling that secret and it becomes like this epic magical quest and it features adorable mice in tiny dresses and cloaks <laughs> and then the sequel even has like this big shaggy cat on the cover so I was immediately drawn to it so it's one series that the sequel's coming out but I am really excited to now read the first one as well. So Cinderella meets a mouse's tail. Yes. <laughs> there you go. That sounds that, that sounds fun. Yeah. I, you know as far as children's literature as far as I'm concerned and I say this to patrons all the time yeah. a good book is a good book exactly and, and so, so yeah someone somewhere pigeonholed yeah. the story yeah and sometimes appropriately I get why they make those choices but yeah when it all comes down to it a great story is worth right. reading no and matter what your age yeah and there are a lot of titles out there that okay it may not use some of the language that the adult fantasy titles it might not be high fantasy but it's still a good story and exactly. it has those themes that you can still relate to 
And I've discovered, like, as I get older, I'm like, I still am just a child at heart. Oh, so yeah. oh, I'm yeah. proud of it. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm you fine. <laughs> yes. I just recently spoke to a patron and they were looking for something. And I don't know what triggered this interest, but they were like, so is Anne of Green Gables a kid's book? And I'm <sighs> like, it is just a good book. Yes. I, I mean, and it was, of course, in the children's department. Yeah. But I snagged that right away. And I said, yeah. it is an excellent book and well worth reading no matter what. Yeah, just because it's appropriate for children doesn't mean that it is only for children. Exactly. So true. (laughs) And there I have some picture books that are absolute favorites of mine that I would read for my own edification, as you might say. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love picture books. So yeah, shameless. Love them. (laughs) Yeah, shameless it should be. Yes. (laughs) All right. So the next book that I picked from our incoming list of items is Daisy Darker by Alice Feeney. Now, this, I'm going to kind of talk about the description, but it made me think of a favorite book from that I've read multiple times. And I think that was really what caught me, hooked me. Daisy's family is coming together for the first time in many years. They, they don't really get on well, but they come together for their Nana's 80th birthday. And she lives in an old Gothic kind of crumbling house on an island. And so once you get on that island, when the tide is in, mm-hmm. you're cut off for eight hours. Oh. There's no getting off the island until the tide goes out or comes in or whichever direction it is. Wow. And so they're all there. They've all kind of come in with secrets. And then at midnight on the first night, their Nana is found dead. Oh, no. Yes. And then one by one, members of the family are being killed. Oh, my gosh. And so it's like, I I, I love a good murder mystery. Anybody who's listened to me on this podcast will know that by now. Yeah. (laughs) But um, but so this has got I I love gothic fiction as well. So it's got a lot of that spooky. But the thing that really hooked me is as the description of being on this island and cut Mm -hmm. off from land and people dying one by one, it immediately brings to mind um, Agatha Christie. Oh, and then yeah. there were none. Yeah. Which is an absolute favorite of mine. Right. And, and anytime someone comes in going, I'd like to read Agatha Christie, that's almost always the, the first. first one I like to recommend. Nice. So, so, so this really uh, has got my interest, and I'll probably be putting it on hold really, really yeah, soon. Yeah, <laughs> that does sound really good. Just in time for spooky season, exactly, as they say. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. It's like it's barely out of July, but I'm yeah, already looking I'm so, so forward ready. to that time of year. Yes. <laughs> my definitely. Time. Same. Well, my second pick is kind of in the same vein. So it's Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by, I'm going to attempt to say this correctly, Sangu Mandana. Um, So it does center on witches, but at the same time, it is kind of a more comforting and cozy story, which is really what I prefer um, my spooky stories to be. (laughs) So it is set in Britain and features um, a witch named Micah, who was orphaned as a child. Mm. But in this world, the witches have to hide their magic their powers and even like stay away from each other to avoid drawing attention but then one day she starts receiving messages begging her to come to our remote I guess it's a house it's it's called nowhere house could be an island I don't really know um to teach three young witches how to control their powers and so she goes against her better judgment and goes but then she of course gets you know wrapped up in the lives of the cast of lovable characters 
listeners, um, <laughs> including the handsome but prickly librarian, Jamie. So, well, what do you know? Yeah, yes. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's the same, yeah. Um, but he's leery of Micah, of course, for the sake of, you know, protecting the children. So it's like, oh, you know, instantly love him. So then Micah ends up having to protect kind of this found family that she has from some danger or threat that we don't know, but that eventually comes knocking. So that is one that I'm really looking forward to potentially reading. I love a good character-driven story. Yes, me too. I mean, Same. I love I love atmospheric. I yeah. absolutely do. But a book can absolutely be saved, even if it's a little weak in other areas by good solidarity. Yes. And I think that's part of why I really have always preferred reading like young adult mm-hmm. fantasy or even other books is they really, at least from what I have read, they seem to be more character driven. Mm-hmm. And that is what I really love. And so I think that's what this one's going to be. I uh, interviewed um, a few weeks ago, um, Lisa Holstein, who mm-hmm. received the Raven Award. And we oh, were yeah. we were going through and talking about what is the thing that hooks a book for you. And mm-hmm. she says character driven all the way. For that sure. is the thing. And of course, that makes the most sense. But I, you know, I like more than that. But mm-hmm. that is kind of a make it or break it kind of. Yes. That is a kind of a make it or break it sort of essential element. Definitely. I definitely relate to that. So the next book I've chosen is called The Thread Collectors, and it's by two authors, Shauna J. Edwards and Allison Richmond. And this story is loosely based on their own personal family histories. So probably, you know, the tales that were passed mm-hmm. down to their families that they kind of latched onto and wove into a tale of their own. Yeah. So there's two key characters in this book. It's set in the Civil War, and what the first character. Stella is a young black woman and she lives in Louisiana mm-hmm. in New Orleans. A task that she is doing secretly is intricately embroidering secret maps Ooh. onto repurposed cloth to hand to black men who are trying to escape north. Wow. Many to join the Union Army. Yeah. but And uh, the person that she is working with would absolutely kill her if he found out that she was doing this. So mm-hmm. it's something she has to keep very secret. And of course her main task is a seamstress so this flows naturally with her skill set she also has to keep quiet uh, the love that she has for this black musician Mm -hmm. that works in that area the other character her name is Lily and she is a Jewish woman living in New York City and her husband is stationed in Louisiana as a part of the Union Army and so while she's at home and waiting for her husband and waiting for word to hear from him she's rolling bandages at her and her sewing circle or making Mm -hmm quilts that they're sending to soldiers so that they can have them on the battlefield as they're you know camping Mm -hmm. but then she's not heard from him in months and she begins to of course be really really concerned and so she decides to make a very dangerous journey down Mm -hmm. south to try to get word of her husband yeah and so while she's down in louisiana she and stella cross paths and they find that even little threads can have a major impact that's how it was described so i love a good historical fiction i as a person who loves fiber arts right that really kind of piques my interest and so i'm i'm really excited to see that story play out yeah you have made me want to read that for sure (laughs) you oh man sounds so good okay so my next title is secrets of ashmore castle by cynthia herod eagles and so it claims to be perfect for fans of downton abbey so right Mm. off the bat you have my interest. I love Downton Abbey. But so this title is the first 
first in a new series. So the main um, character is Giles, who inherits his father's title and castle following an accident, but also his financial woes, which is kind of very similar to Downton Abbey. So then enter uh, Kitty Bayfield, who's a shy but rich daughter of a baronet and her penniless friend Nina. But then Nina, of course, ends up being the one capturing his heart. Um, But Kitty has the money, so he basically has to decide if he's going to follow his heart or if he's going to be a gold digger of sorts and then be able to save, you know, what he's inherited from his father. So it says it has romance and drama, but also intriguing secrets. So I'm looking forward to reading that one and maybe having my next Downton Abbey fix because that is something I'm always on the hunt for. (laughs) (laughs) So that is your go-to show. Yes, that is one. And I have actually hooked a patron at Stringtown onto Downton Abbey and she is always also searching (laughs) for her next like Downton Abbey type series and it's I've given her everything we have I think but maybe I can get her to read this title (laughs) my it just just in the same vein I love period pieces yeah and my go-to is uh call the midwife oh yeah I absolutely love that one and I will rewatch the series from time to time just because and especially you know right before the new series comes out yeah I'll be like okay let's catch up where were we because some of the characters come and go and some of the characters that were my absolute favorite are no longer part of the series and so I like just going back and getting to meet them again so to speak right (laughs) yeah it's always nice after you haven't watched it for a while you kind of give yourself time to forget almost and then you feel that way a little bit at least again yes yes (laughs) exactly that's one of those that has staying power there's there's tv shows that I've enjoyed them Mm -hmm. while they were there and then I was like okay I'm good but there's there's just those few movies or tv series or even books that they have staying power and you can revisit them and go yep I still really like yep those are the best my favorite for sure all right so the last one that I'm going to mention on my list and I like to always include something nonfiction if I can 100% of the time I don't but this time I am going to talk about Dangerous Rhythms Jazz and the Underworld by TJ English and it's a narrative of the time of the jazz musicians, you know, Duke Ellington and all of those just really well-known people Mm -hmm. that everybody knows today. People who aren't into jazz will recognize these names. Yeah. And, but at the time that many of them were up and playing was when most of the uh, speakeasies, as they said, Mm -hmm. or the the jazz clubs were mob run. And so it's this intersection of this jazz musicianship that was rising, but also working for these mob run clubs. Mm -hmm. And there was different types of opinions about that. Some felt like they were had more freedom mm-hmm. to express themselves musically in a non-traditional way yeah. because jazz was, of course, jazz was the rock and roll of its mm-hmm. day. You know, what is that music? Yep. Oh my gosh, yep. what is that? You know, and so there was that liberty in one sense, but being mob run, not liberty in the genuine sense. Yeah. <laughs> and so some musicians felt that by working for these clubs, they actually had more protection because of the mob kind of making yeah. sure they protected their own and others felt like they weren't as safe. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and as with any issue of its time, you know, there's going to be people on both sides of that fence. I feel like that sounds like a really compelling story. Yeah, um, for I, sure. I'm not much of a jazz listener, but I love the history of how things developed and, and the mm-hmm. culture that built around it. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, Dangerous Rhythms, Jazz in the Underworld by T.J. English. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. Sounds really interesting. So before we wrap up mm-hmm. this episode, anything that you're currently reading that you want to talk about? Um, I'm still, so I mentioned earlier reading the Wing Feather Saga. I'm in right. the second book of that. Um, it's a middle grade fantasy series and we do have it in our system. Okay. It's really good. It, I would say it's, there are some themes of maybe character suffering that some parents might not be comfortable yet with their children mm-hmm. reading through. So mm-hmm. it may be a little bit of an older middle grade type series, mm-hmm. but it's a great story. It's got a lot of great themes and kind of life lessons woven in strong family message. So yeah, I, that's what I'm reading. <laughs> I finally, it's been on my to read list for so long. I finally read all the way through Where the Crawdad Sings. Oh yeah. Which is of course good timing since yep. the movie's in the theater. I actually haven't decided if I'm going to go to the theater and watch it. I really? may just wait until the DVD comes to the system <laughs> Yeah, and then watch that. But I really did like it. Um, mm-hmm. It was something on my radar for a long time and uh, many, many people who, when they heard that I hadn't read it yet, were just shocked and amazed that I had yeah. read this amazing book. And so, and it was good. I really did enjoy it and it had uh, just, there was a lot of sorrow, mm-hmm. but there was also this, this strength and resilience and I really loved the way it played out and I kind of had these two alternate endings Mm -hmm. which I'm not going to give away of course yeah (laughs) and so it was like this ending or is it this ending and it was just really really well well written and well done yeah good so so, and I'm in the middle of Verity by Colleen Hoover oh my gosh all of those books have been blowing up (laughs) those have been those have been and actually because um, I have a book club at McCullough Mm -hmm. the one more chapter book club yeah for those of us who keep going yeah I'm gonna go to bed now no no wait one more chapter yes you know and so uh, that is a book that has just been super popular yeah and everybody who reads it their minds are just you really know. and so I'm like okay this just needs to be the book we read and yes. I'm probably 75 percent done and mm-hmm. I I literally got to this moment where I'm like okay I need to take a break oh my this gosh. is very intense oh and geez. I love the story and I'm absolutely I'm gonna have to find out what's how it ends but yeah I was just but I I will say for those of our more sensitive readers mm-hmm. may not be for them because yeah. it definitely deals with very intense and dark themes okay but yeah. it's it's definitely a story I have to see how it ends yes <laughs> those are the best though this would make it would absolutely absolutely make a good movie really I bet yeah I feel like some of them some of her titles will for sure end up becoming movies just because of how they have really just surged like insanely in popularity well Verity came out in October of last year Mm -hmm. and I was aware at the time of how popular it was but as most books you know they're very very popular when they first come out give them a few months and they're still popular but just not that intensity as when they're first released that has not been the case with this no. title and it's like everybody like the holds list for all of her titles it's like yes people read one of hers and then they're like okay I have to read all of the I others think that's exactly right whenever anybody reads any of her titles yeah. they just want to read them all yeah which is crazy but great I mean yeah. it's fun to see <laughs> so yeah so that's uh what's been on my reading list but also what I want to read um I hope that some of our listeners will comment about books they have in mind to read or books that have been recently added to our collection that really piqued their interest or even favorites from their past that just really resonated with them. I hope you'll write in, comment, follow, subscribe, and all those good things. Thanks for joining, Kelsey. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It was fun. (laughs) 